Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Like most episodes of the Making the Brand podcast, today's is inspired by a boy band, Hanson. They're a boy band, right? At least I think I would classify this group that way. But it begs the question, what exactly makes a boy band? I did a Twitter poll asking if the Beatles were a boy band, and surprisingly, 62% said yes. But I digress. So back to Hanson. I have a funny Hanson story to share, and it has to do with nonprofits and fundraising. So if you work in this field, this episode is for you. Back in college, I attended the University of Central Florida, go Knights, and I had an on-campus job working at the rec center. It was a gorgeous facility. I worked at the front desk, which was probably the coolest job on campus, and I ended up later working in the marketing department as the marketing lead, which meant that as a student, I got the chance to hire a team of other students and manage them and train them. And all of them were so talented, and I still keep in touch with a few of them today. It was an incredible experience to have as a student myself, and it's how I got my start in marketing. I later went on to win Employee of the Year for this role out of about 400 student employees. So shout out to the UCF Rec and Wellness Center. I am still loving this marketing thing. But anyway, this rec center was the place to be on campus. It was always bustling with students working out but also socializing. Well, there was a big fundraiser going on called Nightthon, and it was all for the Children's Miracle Network. And some students had a really creative idea to get more people involved and inspired to donate. They approached the rec center with something called the Stop the Bop campaign. Get this. So as students were working out, we would play Mbop on repeat over the loudspeakers throughout the entire gym. The only way to stop the bop was to make a donation. And this was over a decade ago, pre-noise-canceling AirPods, So you can imagine what a success this was. So thank you, Hanson, for helping to support the Children's Miracle Network. Personally, I think Mbop is iconic and also better than people give it credit for. But while we're on the subject of nonprofits, I want to share some advice for any entry-level marketers looking to get their start or really anyone looking to pivot into the world of marketing for the first time. Look for roles at nonprofits. My very first full-time job out of college was doing marketing and PR for a domestic violence organization. It was such rewarding work, but nonprofits are also an amazing opportunity for aspiring or entry-level marketers because they need the help and their budgets usually can't afford someone with decades of experience. They also rarely have enough resources to hire a full marketing team so you'll likely be a jack or jill of all trades. 
which means you'll have the opportunity to learn many different aspects of marketing from social media to email, design, website maintenance, and PR. It can be a lot to handle, but you'll also feel a sense of purpose in your role, depending on the cause. So how do you, as a marketer, inspire others to care about your nonprofit's mission, especially enough to motivate them to donate or volunteer? I'll start with some advice from Stephen Covey, the well-known author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He says, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Let me say that again. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. How does this translate to nonprofit marketing? Well, when I worked in the nonprofit world, I was always told how important our sponsors and donors are. And it felt like my entire role was centered around making sponsors and donors feel appreciated. And of course, expressing gratitude is necessary. But it got to a point where every piece of content I created or published was to thank or promote a sponsor or donor. And along the way, our nonprofit's mission was getting lost. So when Stephen Covey says to keep the main thing the main thing, that means putting your mission at the center of your messaging. That means sharing the lives you're touching, telling their stories, and illustrating the impact you're making. And yes, thanks to the help of donors, sponsors, and volunteers. Show them what they help make possible. Humanize the people, animals, or communities that their time or dollars help support. Seeing the effects of their kindness and generosity is actually what will mean the most. This will inspire them to continue their contributions more than any basic thank you post or branded graphic would. Also, one of the best things you can do for your sponsors, donors, and volunteers is be respectful of their time and attention. I once worked with this incredible nonprofit that helped children learn the concepts of financial literacy and entrepreneurship. These bright young kids were so smart, so ambitious, and I saw it every day. They were incredible. Yet this organization, in my opinion, was focused on the wrong things. They were insistent on sending a weekly email to their entire audience list. Top donors, vendors, sponsors, and employees past and present. Everyone. And this email was called the Top 5. It was a weekly update with the five latest news or announcements to share. It took a ton of time, but truly finding five things that were worth sharing was like grasping at straws. These weekly emails would consist of maybe one or two interesting topics, and the rest was just fluff and clutter. I hate to say it, but no one cares that it's Nancy and Accounting's birthday. Keep the main thing the main thing. Make these emails worth my time and energy. And remember that it's a privilege to have someone's email address. And every time you send them content they won't care about, it's spam. And it's especially important to be cognizant of this when you want those donors to donate again or to nurture those customers into repeat customers. In the spirit of fundraising and nonprofits, I want to share one more teachable moment thanks to a recent experience I had while shopping. Now, at least once in your life, you've probably made a donation through a nonprofit's partnership with a retail store. You know, the times like you've gone to Walgreens or Macy's 
And after ringing up your items, the cashier asks, would you like to make a donation to insert organization here? Side note, I learned that this type of fundraising is known as passive philanthropy. Now, I'm a bit of a shopaholic, so this has happened to me countless times. And depending on the day, my mood, and the cause, I'll make a donation. But admittedly, I've declined to donate on many occasions, but not during this recent experience. I was out shopping at Marshall's to shop for probably nothing specific. (laughs) That's usually how it goes. But I ended up finding a few tops I liked, along with some stationery that I just had to add to my collection. I proceeded to the checkout area, and I was summoned to cashier number three. And according to her name badge, her name was Paulette. After admiring the tops I'd chosen and removing the anti-theft devices and ringing up the stationery, Paulette, of course, told me my total. As I dug through my purse to grab my credit card and looking for my wallet, she asked me the following question. Would you be kind enough to donate to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation? Now, I'll be honest. I'm not sure I was in the most generous mood that day. I barely even caught the name of the organization as I was fumbling for my credit card. So I was preparing myself to just dismiss Paulette's request with a polite no thank you and get on with my day. But then I paused for a moment and I reconsidered the words Paulette used when she asked me this question. Would I be kind enough to donate? All of a sudden, my initially intended response of no had new meaning. Replying no wouldn't indicate that I simply wasn't interested. No would be an admission to myself and Paulette that I'm not kind. And I like to think that to be far from the truth. I consider myself a kind person. And in that moment, I couldn't imagine letting Paulette, although a complete stranger, think otherwise. So although I felt a little bamboozled, I replied to Paulette's request with a yes and inserted my credit card into the chip reader. And since then, I've been thinking about Paulette's brilliant way with words. Her question wasn't promotional. It was personal. And that small difference inspired me to act and donate. This experience made me think of all the times anyone in sales or marketing failed to make an impression on me. Without a doubt, Paulette's strategic wording can help nonprofits go for the ask, but we can also apply it to other calls to action across any industry. Let's try this out with some examples. For instance, would you be kind enough to... Provide me with your email address so I can send you updates and discounts. Would you be kind enough to let me follow up with you next week to hear what you think? Would you be kind enough to spare 20 minutes of your time so I can tell you why you'll love this product or service? Would you be kind enough to subscribe to my channel so I can share more helpful videos with you? Would you be kind enough to try our free software that will help you save time in your business? Would you be kind enough to leave a review on our Yelp page about your experience? Would you be kind enough to join us for our networking panel? With all of these examples, it's literally fill in the blank. And as you can see, Paulette's words made a big difference. I'm not sure if she was trained to phrase her question that way or if she's just a natural at sales. But what I do know is that companies should spend less time chasing down leads 
followers and subscribers and more time enhancing the way their teams and marketing messages communicate. If someone isn't compelled to donate, buy, subscribe, or take whatever action you're hoping for, maybe look in the mirror and reflect. Ask yourself, how can you communicate differently to truly connect with your audience? And in Paulette's case, all it took were six simple words. Remember, the right words cost you nothing. Now, would you be kind enough to subscribe to this podcast? Thanks for listening. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at briannefleming.com slash newsletter or find me on Twitter at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.